Two Takes on the Pod. My name is Osai, and this is my podcast where I take on themes exploring culture, society, and the experiences of Nigerians in diaspora. On this episode, Loti joins the podcast. He's an up-and-coming Afro-R&B artist who embarked on his journey into music after studying a music blog. He then transitioned from a computer science program to sound engineering and music entertainment at a different school. Loki, that was just the first step for him to start making music. Since then, he's been doing just that, as well as mixing and mastering songs for other artists behind the scenes. So we discuss why that change needed to happen for him when it did, how he found his love for music, and how he used his educational background to help him handle the business of music, and ultimately, where he expects to go next. Throughout this episode, I sneak in little bits and pieces of his songs to help you get a feel of his sound. This episode was a lot of fun to record and edit, and I hope you enjoy it. Say my baby need a defender Set if I love her, not a fighter Anything she want, I'm a provider Baby, for your love, I'm a big spender For your body, girl, I surrender Don't look bad, man, cause them my hater Baby, girl, my love, no descending Round after round, she the Feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Nah, thank you, man. How, by the way, how's your summer treating you right now? Like, <laughs> what's 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 uh, what's your summer saying? We outside. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Man, yes. I think I saw you outside last weekend. <laughs> yes, sir. That boat party. It was lit, though. How did you? How did yeah, you like the vibe. vibes? It was a good vibe, man. I feel like um, um. Kazim always kind of put something really good together. Kazim, the guy that was hosting, hosting was yeah, talking yeah, a lot yeah. of shit on the mic, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, he always uh, puts together a pretty good vibe. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Nice it view was. of the city too. Man. I know. So, yeah, I like being on the water and anything like a boat party and all that stuff is always nice. It was really good running into you two and like catching a vibe out there. It was blessed, man. For sure, man. For sure, yeah, man. It was nice meeting you and the crew. You know, that was that word, was really dope. Word, you know, word, it was really good vibes. Um, so man, you know, let's get into it, right? I've, uh, known you for a while, you know, since, uh, back in Ottawa school days and like, you know, I've seen some of the transition and some of the growth from, from a distance, I would say, right? So I'm really happy to have you here to maybe just discuss, you know, how you kind of transition into this music stage, um, what you're going for, what that process looked like for you and people around you and, uh, you know, just you know, tap into some of the lessons that you learned, some of the things you enjoy and, and what yeah. kind of pushes you to get to, you know, to show up and do this every day. Um, how's that sound? Definitely. I'm good with that. I'm excited for that. We can talk about it. Let's talk. Let's go, man. Let's, let's go. go. So, uh, let's go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, so let's get into it. Yes, right? Uh, you know, I always like to know where, like, artists caught the bug, you know, when, when you found, when did you find uh, your love for music? When did you know that, like, okay, this is this is something that I'm going to be engaging with for, mm-hmm. you know, a long time or the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Well, like, for me, like, I've always loved music, like, as a kid, like, for as much as I can remember since, let me say, the age of six. I knew I could sing because, like, uh, I'd say my family were pretty creative. My dad is, like, an architect, so, like, he draws and all that nice. stuff. My mom is actually a singer. 
Really? So, like, she never became, like, an artist, but, like, she sings, you get what I mean? And myself, and, like, I have a kid sister who also sings. So, you know, music was already... And my dad himself is also, like, a big music lover. Like, growing up, he used to be the one to buy all the, you know, records, all the tapes, all the CDs and stuff. So, literally, he'll be the one buying I'll be the one taking them out. Like, what kind of records was he, uh, was he picking up? What, what also, he was, like, the R&B guy, you know, all the kids sweat, like... Barry White, Luther Van Dross, Lionel Richie, like, and he was so right. in tune with the times too, eh? up to the two thousands. So wow. I used to, do, <laughs> I used to literally chill away for this guy to go buy the CD, and then I just take it because <laughs> he knew he would like he would bring some good stuff. <laughs> he would bring some good stuff all the way to like Craig David era, like you know, as far as I can remember, like Luther Van Dross, wow. Sting, like. Lionel Richie, uh, Jodeci. This guy would like Jodeci, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I was a, like a some good taste, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how I fell in love with R&B first and stuff because of just like the kind of music he used to listen to and stuff. So like, and I just got curious from there. I just, I think that was what like how I got like interested in music at first. But being an artist, it was never even talked about because you know how it is like growing up in Nigeria and stuff. Yep. Nobody's talking about being an artist or that kind of talk. Right, they don't, they don't take it seriously. At all. Got to be an engineer, a doctor, or kind of one of those. I know, right? <laughs> that was just nothing to me. But I just enjoyed it. I liked it. Like, I'm always, I was always watching music videos. Like, it was just really cool, you know, being in Nigeria and like turn on TV, see Nelly with the, you know, the, the Spanish patch he had on his thing, you know, Diddy, right. all those guys. Air Force you know, ones, yeah. The Air Force Ones, you know, and I'm always looking at the CDs, like, how did you, you know, the, reading the credits, like, trying to understand how this whole thing came about. And because, right. like, and that was just the whole thing around music. And fast forward to years, years later when I moved to Canada, you know, I, I think you can see, like, I moved to Canada, I started a blog. Also, right. years later, out of the love of music. So I feel like... So yeah, I, like, is that why you started the blog? So the, the blog was called Correct Nation, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, I think you kind of really pushed and, like, kind of pushed the brand um, there, I remember. Mm-hmm. Like, so why, how exactly did... Can you say, say it started out of your love for music? Yeah. How exactly did you make that connection? To be honest, like... <laughs> like every other thing, <laughs> sometimes I just get bored and I just start right. creating. Like, my mind is always racing. And I think... Uh, just having that love for music and just always listening to music, listening to music. I think I just got to a point where being in Carlton, being in Ottawa, being around like the African community a lot, I started to see more of my people, like all the guys that were going to school that time mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think what happened was being away from Nigeria kind of started making me miss home in a way. And at that time, I just started like listening to like Afro beats, like Two Feet was just popping and like, you know, uh, the band, nice, all those guys. So like Afrobeat mm-hmm. was just like, you know, so I was always like, man, like I missed home. Like, how do I like get in tap touch with like, or tap into that? Like hear the music. Like I, I'd already gone through listening to my, the rock era, listening to hip hop rap, try to find right. something new and Afrobeat like caught my attention at that time. So honestly, like I was just bored one day. <laughs> like I was at home and I'm like, wait, like, you know, I'm, I was one of those guys that used to just, like, source music on the internet, like, every right. day. Like, I knew all the underground blogs to download songs from in our, like, LimeWire days and all that stuff. Yep, yep. So, I yep. think that just grew into, like, this always. And then, it's like, <laughs> before I would say that, I will do that. And, like, the thing back then was get music, go back to school, and just go, just like, guys, you don't hear this one. You don't hear this one. Have you heard this record? And, like, that was, like, the thing with music lovers and stuff. So, I think that yep. just grew into 
like one day I was just honestly bored. I remember I wasn't feeling well. I was just in my bed. And I'm like, yo, I got to do something. Like, and I just picked up the computer and like, you know, like, how do you make a website? And why was because like the love for music was there. And also I felt like, man, like I'm missing Nigerian music like this. I'm missing the culture. And I feel like other people out here are probably feeling the same way. You know what I mean? Like maybe I could probably do something that allow like people to even like hear this, be able to hear the music. And that was just it. Like I literally just loved it so much that I cared enough to want to like put it out there to want other people to be able to like hear this music and enjoy the same vibe as me and stuff. And that just started out of literally that. And right. I designed the website. It took me like three weeks. I never knew how to make a website. Well, I, I had a little experience from school, class and stuff, but mm-hmm. that helped. I started the website. I just really wanted to like push my culture. Being in Canada, I was like, yo, like I feel like <laughs> I'm missing home so much, but how do I like make Africa known here? Especially right. when I started to see that there was a lot of like Nigerians, other Africans. Like there was a large enough community. You right? know what I mean? And yeah, that was just it, you know, and how it started from there, pretty much. Yeah, and like, you know, I think people definitely re- resonated with that. It was nice to have that. There, there were a few other blogs going on in the city, and I think everybody kind of knew each other. So um, it definitely cultivated the kind of air for that and a greater appreciation for it. So I'm curious now, so you, you have the blog going and all of that is happening. This is obviously getting you closer to music. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you now decide, okay, I'm going to make this transition like, mm. or, or, or jump right into the music? Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> it's true. I think it was like probably like the fourth year of running um, Correct Nation. I think I'm like, it already started doing well, like beyond my imagination. You know, I mean, I had a big vision for it as time went on, but it was like to see the response was great and everything. So I think just like anything else, you kind of want to always grow. Right. And I learned so much from running the blog and just like the networking, the people I met, that helped me. That even got me into promoting parties, learning how to get out there and like push yourself, you know, build a brand. I had merch. I had merch, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that I learned a lot about how to push merch and stuff. So the experience was really great. And but I, there was something I noticed with the music, like while like during the time I was blogging, and it was the quality of the music. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of songs that I receive weren't like up to quality or something compared to like the big stars and stuff. So I'm I consider myself to be a very curious and curious individual. I think it comes with like being a creative individual too. So it's like yo, like I feel like anytime I listen to like you know the Jeezys and stuff, that record is always banging. Like. But when I listen to some records here, some things don't hit. Like, and sometimes when I'm talking to people, like, I feel like they weren't just saying things that made sense. You know, I'd be hearing people say shit like, yo, the song doesn't sound good because they don't mix out well for you. All this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, like, I feel like there's more to it than just that and stuff. So, plus, again, I'm always about, like, how do I, like, be better than this? Like, how do I just take this to the next level? So I figured, and at that time, Correct Nation was already going four years. I'm thinking, like, how do I elevate this brand to the next level? How do I take this business to the next level? What can I add? And how do I do it and do it on the highest level? That kind of thing. And, you know, I think that was what, like, started the whole thing about, like, trying to even draw closer to, like, the making music part. I was already interested in, I wanted to just be an A&R or, like, a manager or, like, a producer or something just shine away from being an artist right. <laughs> you know okay so you want like, to stay behind the scenes i almost. wanted to stay behind the scenes almost you know and that was just the plan so that led me to like think okay where do i go learn where do i go do this where do i how do i get better at that 
I think the real, <laughs> what now really happened was just a random experience one day. My cousin Ifuma, shout out to Ifuma Igos. A couple of people were in Carlton know him. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was actually the one that put me on to, to your music way back in like 2014. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that was the first time I heard. I was like, oh shit, Boti, Boti makes music? Like, Damn, can you imagine? It's, yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I remember you mentioned that on the boat. I was like, wow, shook. Like, I actually reached out to him the next day, like, wow, look at what I heard. Like, I really appreciate you for that. Because... <laughs> I'm sure he remembers exactly when, man. He does. Exactly he, yeah. he did. When I hit him up the next morning, I'm like, bro, like, I rallied to you, yes, on the party, da 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 like, you I can't believe, like, you actually did that, because this guy was the first person to actually tell me, yo, like, you got to do this. And this is what really happened. He was just in the studio randomly, I think it was at Falabi Studio with T.O.B., another rapper in Ottawa back then. Everyone knew him, too. He did really well for himself and stuff. Yeah, like, man, really and, dope rapper. Exactly, right, dope-ass rapper. And, like, they were working on a record, and I think they needed a hook. And the man just remembered, like, yo, my cousin sings, like, let me call Loti. And it's so funny because to this day, you know, I can't really remember, like, ever sitting down in front of Ifuma and singing. Like, I'm like, <laughs> but the thing is, we grew up together. Like, right. all, we're actually neighbors in Nigeria. So, like, I spent, like, a lot of time around it. So, like, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I must have been humming or something. I'm like, how the hell? Like, I, can't, I have no memory of this, eh? But it's all good. And believe you me, I went to the studio. It was, like, 1 a.m. This guy, you know, Ifuma is very persistent. So... He insisted that I came to the studio that day. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'll just go because if I don't go, this boy's not going to stop disturbing me. So I went and long story short, I got in there. I'm like, wow, that's my first time ever in a studio in Canada. And we made the record. I heard the beat and I just came up with melody out of nowhere. He wrote it actually off of the melody. I think it was a song called Spitfire. We go Spitfire. Yeah. We go the joke. We go. So I had the two first lines. We fail. You know that she's such a dope song. <laughs> <laughs> Was, you know thank yeah, you yeah. thank you right you know so i had the and then he just wrote that he quickly like he, i had the first two lines and he wrote the rest of the 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 hook and then i sang it all that whole thing was laid out in like 10 15 minutes as far as i can remember and i follow me mixed everything and believe me i was just sitting down there like wow and you know the, the record was done and they just kept playing and playing and i'm like wow is that me <laughs> like bro like i don't know if you've ever been shook or surprised at something you're right. doing. Like, like, it's like, yeah, I knew I, I could sing. Like, we sing around the house, but I just made a song, bro. Mm -hmm. And this shit sounds good. AF. <laughs> like, bro, like, I remember I wasn't feeling well, too. Like, <laughs> bro, that night. Yeah, I like, must have been on a high after that. I right? was on the mat. I didn't sleep that night. Yeah. Believe you me, I didn't sleep that night. You know, they kept playing the record. They kept playing, like, yo, Loti, this shit. I'm like, okay. So, oh, excuse my French, by the way, I should have asked before I started this interview. No worries, no worries. <laughs> you know, it's, I remember, I remember we, we left the studio, it was while we're driving through McDonald's, and this guy's looking at me like, I know you're still shook. Like, I'm like, yeah. It's like, bro. <laughs> He's like, bro, you haven't really said a word. I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, at this point, it's a mixture of, like, excitement, but like, yo, this artist thing, I'm waiting to see what we're not supposed to do. But, right. yeah, there's this feeling that I've never felt in my life that I feel right now. The last time I felt this close to this was when I used to play basketball. And mm. that was it. Like, when I used to, when I got on the team and I started playing ball for the school and, like, I started, so literally doing things that I'm passionate about. Right. So I'm like, wow. And long story short, bro, like, I went home that night and that was just there. I'm like, wow, okay. Like, how do I get into it? That's the time I was doing Correct Nation, still running Correct Nation. But now I've discovered this, this side. And I'm thinking, okay, 
you know. And then honestly, one thing led to another. The song got out. Everybody in Ottawa started feeling it. And yo, believe you me, like I came to school one day. Oh my god, I heard this. I heard that. I heard this. I heard that. I heard this. I heard that. I'm like really, people love this. Okay, like so I guess something new. Uh, I met PCB, another producer in Ottawa at that time, and also three Fuma. He invited me to a session randomly one day, <laughs> and I was there, and you know we were just vibing. And PCB was like, "Yo, <laughs> I think you should." So the two of them were really like helpful in convincing me to like really pursue, like believe in what I had as a gift of voice, and like going for it. And I think I was already motivated by like the success of Correct Nation at that time. Right. I'm looking at it like, wow, like. You know, I started Correct Nation out of just the love of it. Like, I've blogged, I've done radio. I had a radio show on Carlton called uh, Afro Pulse Wednesdays. You know, oh, really? yeah, I had it was a brief, like, it was a very brief show because that's when I was ready to, uh, I, that was when I got uh, admitted to school in Toronto. I had to move. So oh, we couldn't run that from Toronto. So I had to stop the show. That I think it was like two months. So it was just right at the beginning of when I started to grow that and stuff. I also loved radio. So, you know, ultimately it was just kind of like I was trying to be behind the scenes a lot and then that experience happened and that just like pushed me. And then when I seen the love, like people were showing me from the song, I'm like, yo, I can do this. And one thing about me, like I, I consider myself to be a very passionate individual. Like I don't do anything like I'm not passionate about. I always tell people, you don't get the best out of me. My heart's not in it. You know, so it's... it's I like, that. At that point, it was just like, wow, like this feeling, I want to feel that again. And again, that feeling I felt in a flabby studio, I want to feel that again and again and again. Mm. And, you know, Spitfire got out, Chick Z heard it, I think. And that's when he invited me to come be on KJ's record for his album at that time. Mm. And we did the song called Paradise. You know, so opportunities just started coming out. And at that time, and that's when it started, you know, making me feel more confident in myself about it, like actually being an artist and stuff. Couple with Correct Nation, I'm like, yo. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's time to figure out the next step. I think it's time to grow. I think it's time to, you know. So how do you, how do you make that decision, right? So like right now, you're still running Correct Nation. Um, I guess at this point, you are looking at a radio gig at Carlton and you've been accepted in school mm-hmm. in Toronto, mm-hmm. right? And so like, so how are you negotiating all of these things and, and like kind of like making that transition? Yeah, actually, well, what happened was, you know, I got tired of doing computer science. I started noticing I wasn't doing well and I hated it. And it was just a struggle to finish it. And I wasn't happy. And I got more joy from doing other things. And I also am passionate about business. So when I started making money and not just making money, but seeing the success of the merch and everything, that encouraged right. me a lot. So honestly, I just had to tell myself the truth. And I just had to stay true to myself. And coming from an African home, I figured, okay, my parents wanted a degree and stuff so I, when i started doing my research and figured that there was places you could go learn about like audio production and stuff and like entertainment business management and stuff you know i just spoke to my parents and you know i had like a year it was it was a tough year i just woke up one day I, like i was at school and i was just like man like i don't know if this is just normal to actually feel this way in class like and i felt like this is like this just can't be life doing stuff and just like like it just made no sense like it just made no sense i was mad every day i was there and the only thing that made it good was the people. So it's like, I didn't feel like that was right. But long story short, I approached my parents about it because I felt like, yo, I needed the blessings and stuff. And, you know, within that one year, that was it. They It took a while. They kind of didn't really speak for a while. You know, African parents, it took a little bit of convincing, about eight months. And 
Yeah. You know, and when everything kind of came together, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm like, look, I'm not saying I don't want to go to school or something. I'm just saying I want to change my this, I'm trying to change careers here. I'm very passionate about this. I actually spoke to my dad directly because he was the main person. And I felt like this actually came from him. You know, the love for this came from him. So I've confronted him man to man about it. And yeah, the man actually, to my surprise, he was actually like proud. He just took it like, you know, as a man, like sometimes you have to figure out what you want to do for yourself. And it looks like you have, you know, so just know that it's your full responsibility. And I think he just was happy to just hear that his son kind of took out after what he used to do. And that's when I even found out that, yo, he studied jazz and stuff in school. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. So that was, you know, he gave me his blessings. It was. It it's so funny how you make these decisions and then they start <laughs> telling you more information about themselves that it helps you understand why, exactly, <laughs> why it is what know? it is, right? Exactly. And, and that's why it's crazy. I tell people now from my experience, like, you know, what I've realized is I don't think African parents don't want, like, the kids to do what they love. I understand where they're coming from, like because back then it's it was, a fear. It's a fear thing, exactly. Yeah, it's a fear. I feel like I feel like it's a fear because they were struggling, and you know, Nigel was still kind of figuring its step exactly. itself out at their time. So the best thing to do was the thing that was the sure thing that was guaranteed, right? Exactly. Everybody else, everything else was a little bit, you know, it's a little bit more ambiguous. Exactly. But now because they did well and. We've we have access to those privileges. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't do this stuff to survive anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we are doing it for a higher level of self actualization. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I feel like that's something that they they just I mean they struggle to accept. Right. You understand what I mean? Right. Because yeah. right. I, I notice it with our generation. Like that's why it keeps happening because mm-hmm. everybody has a side job or a side hustle, and it's not because you know they're bored. It's just simply because they've done the thing that they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. looked at themselves and known that they want to do more and mm-hmm. they find whatever capacity you can to explore those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No facts, 100%. That was just the case right there. And long story short, you know, it was a lovely experience because I got to learn from that and they gave me their blessings. And in my mind, I didn't tell them that I was going to be an artist though. I just told them, yo, I'm changing my career, this and this. I'm going to do audio production and engineering. I kind of like sugarcoated the thing a little bit just so that they all got to uh, you know, but I kind of give it the backstory. It's right. <laughs> you know, so it was cool and they were okay with it. And it's funny because my dad just messaged me like two days ago, like, oh my God, I just watched the Afrowave, like, virtual show that you did, the performance. It was so lit. Like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. I'm so captivated. I was so captivated by the stage design and all that stuff. Like, wow, we finally got to this point. That's so dope. I know, right? <laughs> you know, so that was just it, honestly. Like, you know, I wanted to just, like, move to the next level or grow to the next level at that time. Like, like, as an individual for the brand Correct Nation, I figured, yeah, I'll go learn some more in business management uh, and also learn how to like record, mix, master professionally so that, you know, if I'm going to make music, I want to know all this. I want to acquire enough knowledge to be able to like help me like push my art to the right. highest level and be able to like, you know, make great music and compete and stuff. So when all that came together, that was the goal and I moved back and it's been nonstop from there. That's beautiful, man. I think it's. I think it's so. It's a, such a great feeling to have the blessing of your parents and your family. Yes, um, it is. I know a lot of people end up having to do these things without that, and you know, it's obviously really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're able to like get that together, um, it's always it's it's always a really good thing. But I'm curious, like, so you talk about you know, um, you know, you're doing the, the production and the music business thing. So do you, you did like a joint program in sound production and entertainment, like business management. Yes, exactly. Oh. 
Oh, so, that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And and do you feel like that gives you a real advantage now that you're you've done all that and you're really into the music angle? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Because like, well, every art is different, but me, I'm just I I believe in being educated about whatever you're passionate about. So Absolutely. either way you want to go about it, like so like, you know. And I'm very hands-on with my art and stuff. And I know, I, I kind of know myself and how I like to create and stuff. I feel like with all that knowledge now, I'm able to record myself. I'm able to mix myself. I built my own studio. You know, I learned a lot, a lot to be able to, you know, really make the records that I'm making now. You know, a lot of times, most people probably, or fans probably don't understand, like, what goes on behind the scenes and the technical aspects of things or how a record is actually made mm-hmm. and stuff. So all the knowledge I acquired from that, learning how to actually set up a studio, learning how to actually record, track a record, uh, how your live show is supposed to be, or like actually creating a sound and like what a reverb or what a delay is, all that kind of stuff, like the right equipment, the right space, the right acoustics, all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, even when you get on stage. So like all that stuff helps me now. And that's what helps like, you know, create the kind of art that I'm making when I do my shows and stuff. On the business side too, it's the same thing. You know, just learning and understanding like the rules of the game, music, of the right. or the music business, publishing, you know, uh, management, promotion, all that kind of stuff, touring, and all that kind of stuff, and just how to literally scale your brand and mm-hmm. literally market your music. So yeah, it definitely did help. Now I have my own studio. I'm able to like create records because I, I, I'm a very comfort kind of person. So I have my record that I can record myself. You know, every record you've heard since. I think Give Me Body. I released Queen. Queen was the last song I recorded in my engineer studio. So I've been recording myself for the past three years. Um, A lot of records you guys are going to hear, I've all been recorded by myself. So from Give Me Body to Sweet Love to Wanting More to Bad One, Desire. (laughs) Wow. So pretty much, yeah, that's that's impressive. Yeah, That's impressive. And and who was your engineer before? Was it uh, Kenny B or... Well, Kenny B is a producer based in Ottawa. He also he's mixed a couple of my records that aren't out yet. But right now, I have a team. Shout out to Prosper nice. uh, of Rose Sonic Studios. You know, uh, shout out to Prosper. He's a great engineer. I have uh, I have uh, Noms as well. Also, another producer. He just produced uh, my Desire. single Desire. He also produced One Team More. You know, and oh, yeah, okay. as well. And so you had KLP as well. Yeah, oh. KLP produced Queen. Mm. Yes, you're right. Yes, Kelpie, amazing producer, man. He, I think, shout out to Kelpie, man, because, like, I feel like when we made Creed, I was like, yeah, bro, I found my song. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, I always, I came in the game doing R&B, so my, at the back of my mind, I always wanted to, you know, because I had this, I have this goal to just push Africa, put Africa on the map. It's like, yo, I know there's a day that I'm going to get to a point where I grow my sound to the Afro R&B sound, but I need, I'm going to wait till I find the right producer. Right. And when I met Kelpie, that was it. When we made Queen, and that happened, I'm like, yeah, I'm sticking with this, ain't going back. Queen definitely felt like, you know, it, it. I really enjoyed the track. Like it's one of my favorite tracks out of everything you've put out. So thank you. I'm not like you know, I'm not surprised, and it, it kind of explains a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, so how like you know, knowing that you have the engineering down and you understand all these things, 
how do you decide, you know, which producers you're going to work with and like, you know, how, you know, because just the way you sound right, and I know how this can be when you, you, you kind of like, you know, you know everything, not that you know everything, but you can like work on everything. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of have to tell yourself to give these people space so that they can let them work on these things as well. Yeah. So how do you, uh, how do you, first, how do you select the producers that you end up working with and, um, and kind of how does that all come together? Well, like for the most part, like producers, I'm, as an artist, you know, you need producers. Because you need beats and you want to grow your sound. I right. think I, I was, my goal was always to find my sound. And I feel like as an artist, that's the most important thing. And I think uh, I just have a great ear for music, uh, which has helped like in my previous experience and up till now. And, you know, that's one of the good things of just growing up because like you just take different parts that helps you like in other stages where you are. So I feel like that helps me select, like know how to pick beats. Mm. You know, being an artist, it's, it's, it, for me, I like to say being a creative, you know, you know the art, the kind of art that you're trying to create, the kind of like vibe you're trying to go for and stuff. I feel like I've been able to learn how to pick great beats so that fit with my sound and what I'm trying to create or just beats that speak to me and stuff. So ultimately, like most times producers just send me stuff and whatever I vibe with, I just jump on and stuff. And sometimes we create a very, develop a very good relationship and they end up becoming like my go-to collaborators and producers and stuff. And usually once I vibe to it, I have my studio, so I record myself and stuff. I don't remember the last or second part of the question. No, no, I think I think you, you kind of covered it. You kind of explained yeah. how you find them and kind of like what you're, what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, like you have some tracks that are on like SoundCloud and not necessarily on, um, on the streaming platforms. Streaming platforms. Is there a reason for that, or like is there mm. something you just don't you have to do with? Or? Well, yes and no. In the sense, like, yeah, like nothing, nothing too major or anything like that. It's okay. just those were older records, like when and, I was just right. starting. And Okay, and you don't have to share if you know if there's any other any of those other extra details. Because I, I really like you still care, right? I'm looking at your ways, even though I know I miss your lips. Cause even though you know that I can still see that you still care, you still care, you still care. Wow. Right. <laughs> I really, really liked it. And I was just like, why is this hitting? You still care for me, you know, is such a vibe. And I feel like Thank you. I feel like you were more very, very open there. I feel like mm-hmm. some of those older tracks, mm-hmm. you're definitely sharing a lot more than you do now. Is there a reason for that? Or am I just, you know, am I gonna is that is that coming up more a little bit? How do you do you agree first and how do you approach the subject matter? I agree because I agree because I can still remember the inspiration behind the record. I record that. <laughs> <laughs> like the time that I was in, like the mind space and like, you know, mm-hmm. the time in my life that I was at that moment. And if I, if I heard you correctly, you said I was sharing a lot more back then than I am right now. Right. Yes. In your opinion. Right. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. I think the difference is, because I feel like I still be sharing the same. Because one thing about me, like my art is just an extension of myself. So, and every record is usually an inspiration of what's going on around me, and it's actually a true story. But I think what's changed is obviously I used to make a lot of R and B records. So back then, you're it was a lot more moody, and now I'm here making more Afro beats, more upbeat. So you don't really catch right. like a lot of things I was saying. Like it's just know, more subtle. It's more, you know what I mean? Because so, it's funny. Like, take for <laughs> I'll get to desire, but. 
about you still care that was a moment where like you know i was still trying to find my sound and stuff and i remember i used to make a lot of r&b records that time that was a record i made when i was in a very vulnerable point in like my own life at that time and you know i think just going through if i remember correctly i just got off of a relationship or something so it was just music was just my therapy at that moment and the right. only thing that i was using to just help like calm myself like if I'm not making music, I'm most likely listening to music. And, you know, at that moment... Yeah, it doesn't sound like a studio rat. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to build my studio in my house. <laughs> that's why It's my safe haven, like... And it's funny, like, I love being in studio, and most people around me know this. I don't really record with people in the room. Like, okay. Like, like it's, it's so personal to me. Like, it takes... It's it's really like you know it's crazy because people are here girl you turn up to bad one and stuff and all these things and I'm like mm-hmm. the the vibe that I get into when I make these records is crazy but <laughs> you know it's 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 that was just one of those and uh, you know I was just in that mindset at that time going through that and you know I I was able to I remember when can can he be produced that and that was when we we're really forming and building that relationship trying to discover my sound. Right. And, you know, the beat spoke to me and I was able to just express myself in that way. You know, everything I saw on that record was definitely a true story. Everything I see on my records is a true story to this day. You know. Shit. Yeah, it's facts. Really <laughs> some would... girls are probably going to be calling you now. And, oh, they know. Asking you my question. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> if, if you, they know. Like, they know. Like, the world might not catch that, but they hear the clues when they hear the records. Back, group, back. They know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, music and I, that's that's how inspiration works you know right it's it's, it's 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 an extension of myself and that's just what it is yeah so yeah that was it for you still care well, that's uh, dope man that's dope i mean so for desire you know that's your latest single um and you know it's really really dope i want to get i want to talk to you about how you like how that track came together is it different <laughs> from like you said you've been recording in the same place right um, is this a sign of what's coming next in terms of your music, yeah. in terms of an EP possibly? You know, what does design mean among your catalog of, among your catalog of like records? Right. Like, Desire is definitely, that's the first single I put out this year. You know, it's definitely like a taste of what's to come, like you said, for sure. I've been working throughout the whole pandemic and crafting a whole lot of dope records and stuff. And... I'll share it on here. I've been hinting this, but I definitely work, I've been working on a project to drop like a short EP soon. So Desire is just a taste of what to come amongst like so many other records I got. I got a couple features, a couple collaborations with people that will be coming soon too as well. So yeah, it's 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 my new single out right now. Uh, if you're hearing this, you'll check, I'd love to everyone to go check it out. Available on streaming platforms. Oh, nah, nah, nah. Where you day I need you beside me Girl, your love to me feels like magic Ain't no one they whine like you whining So yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely that A lot of dope more music coming on And uh, body of work coming soon And let's see what this pandemic Hopefully we stay outside A lot of dope more ways to probably get a show going and all that information will be out soon. And just hope people stay tuned. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to a show for sure. Um, I'm curious, even like, you know, you, over the pandemic, you did the Afro Rave performance, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that experience like? Like, you know, because obviously 
I know artists typically feed off the crowd when they're performing yes. mm-hmm. and, you know, all of those kind of things. And you talked a little bit about some of the stage design. I don't know if you were involved in that mm-hmm. or if it was part of the setup that was there. So I'm just curious, can you talk a little bit about what that experience performing was like? Amazing experience. Shout out to AfroWave for putting up such a dope show for the city, for the African and Caribbean community. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it's, it's, it was, I, that was my first virtual show. Uh, and it was an amazing experience. The only difference for me would just obviously be the crowd. I definitely, it made me realize how much I missed it, you know, and <laughs> I've done a lot of shows where like, yeah, you can't just go without the crowd, but I also model and stuff. So it was kind of fun just shooting a video and performing, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, so it was pretty cool. And, you know, the set design, I for sure, I am very hands-on again with what I do. So uh, Afroway for sure, shout out to them. They already had a great production set up. I was aware of all of that. They were 100% professional with the gig and I knew they had a good setup and I kind of also informed them about what I like to have on my stage. I like to perform, you know, I like to create that vibe when I get on stage. Mm-hmm. I feel like it adds to my brand. It adds to like my music. I liked, I like people to actually feel everything that's going on in the music, the way I perform, the way I sing, you know, and stuff. So we made sure all oh, that whole thing was like set up for the show. And it was really, really nice. It was really, really nice. I enjoyed myself. And yeah. No, that's 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 really dope. And I really do feel like, you know, Afro Afro we definitely put on for the city with that one. I was mm-hmm. I like that they put you on and they put a few other artists that we might not be familiar with as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, it felt me it felt like they had their, you know, the hand on the pulse of mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but yeah, man, like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I think I have a pretty good idea and for anybody that's listening, I think the goal is just to get a feel for how you approach the music, you know, where you're, where you're paying attention to and, you know, what you're hoping to get out of it. So I hope people can understand, and, you know, from this, at least get a better appreciation for what you're doing with the music. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes people just play the song they're like that. They don't, they don't always get it. You know, I think right. this context typically helps. Definitely. Definitely. I think definitely, uh, like the goal at the end of the day is to, you know, just, you know, grow as an artist, find my sound and also put Africa on the map through using my music, especially mm-hmm. being in Canada. I feel like my music is, has uh, an international or should I say global appeal? Mm-hmm. You know, I found ways to like combine sounds. Like I don't really, my, my, my music isn't typically like the Afrobeat music. Right. You know what I mean? It's, you can hear my, the R&B like, you know, influence in there and just combining sure. my roots in there to like develop the sound. And above everything, I, I just try to stay true to myself or just stay in my own lane, you know, and while putting Africa on the map in Toronto, actually, right. and to yeah. the world. Honestly, man, and I totally get that, you know, and I feel like, you know, right now we are kind of, you know, all third culture kids, you know, mm-hmm. grew up in Nigeria, there's a wealth of experience and, just everything that we soaked up back home. But then we've also been here for a while now, most of us anyway. And, you know, now you're kind of soaked up both cultures. You know what I mean? And yeah. We're all trying to figure out a way to kind of represent both mm-hmm. in tandem or in some, in some, with some sort of, with some level of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, originality, right? Without right. sacrificing the other, right? You, right. you want to you raise both of like just the way you're singing, like you want to mm-hmm. put Africa on the map, you want to put Toronto on the map. And like, you know, you don't want to have to share both. So, you know, I, I have that in the back of my mind when you talk about, okay, you're trying to make Afro R&B. And I want you to get into a little bit more what you mean by that. And, um, you know, and why you feel like, you know, why that distinction is important. Yeah, I think like ultimately it's just about staying true to yourself. 
like you know music for me is i do this because i love it and like it's a really dope passion of mine i'm passionate about music and if i'm not making my own shit i'm listening to other people's stuff but i felt like in my story in my life and like where i was trying to go being here in toronto and canada again it was just you know taking off of everything i've done i just i just also being passionate about africa as a whole you know i just felt like yo and i also kind of saw the way my life was going i knew that i wasn't really going to be based in nigeria like full time i figured right. like plus actually adding canada or toronto should i say being a multi like cultural city i felt like yo like this city could be the next uk the next london easily like and right. you know i get out here i'll be in shows in the city i'll be doing stuff in the city all the time and my when my music started catching heat in the city that was what even kind of motivated me to keep pushing. So for me, it was just like, yo, how do I like just make sure whatever I'm doing stays true to myself and it resonates with people. And when you hear my music, you can just have an idea of who I am. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that is just, I think this is just a thought process that helps me creating the art that I create. That is why when you hear my music, you can kind of like, you hear the production, you hear the lyrics, you hear what I'm saying, you know, you hear a little bit of p- pigeon here, you hear a little yes. bit of that there. I wish I could tell you like how, if this, how intentional these things are, you know, you get in the studio and you create, but. Yeah, you just my, got your vibe. Exactly. But my goal is to always like, like I said, my music being an extension of me, my goal is to always like, you know, I want people to like hear the music and just be able to like, I guess, have an idea or like, you know, I just wanted to resonate in that way with people. Like, okay, this is something R&B. This is an African guy. And okay, if it's from Toronto, even better. And also to like just raise the African culture out here. At the same time, also just to, you know, set myself apart from every other person that's kind of doing their own thing out here. I feel like, you know, Afrobeat is already out here. You can't really sound like somebody's already doing what they're doing. Right. And, you know, that's kind of how I'm able to like, I guess, set myself up that way if that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. You know, so that way you you get to keep your 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 you know your background and your 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 I guess for lack of a better word like your nature, right? Right. Um, you're like you, you keep that African aspect of it, and you mm-hmm. you're, you're not free in sharing that with people in your music. Mm-hmm. But maybe the structure is still probably R and B. Like the is that is that where you're you're at, or am I totally off here? Uh, well, I don't really just my first love, but right now I think I've been able to grow to the mm-hmm. point where, you know, I've, I've just been able to like combine like my roots in my music. And that's just that African side of, you know, of myself, you know, I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm Nigerian. I right. was born and raised in Lagos, like I'm an Igbo boy. So <laughs> last, last, as bad as it be, <laughs> if, <laughs> like I, I'd like for that to show in the music. And I think that's what's happening right now. And that's why, what's been helping my music because in the Toronto space, like that's not really been done at all. Right. Stuff. And that's just the R and B again is my first love. And that's I guess why I seem very like R and B love music, sex music and stuff. Right. Right. But being able to stay original, being able to stay true to myself, I felt like by bringing in that Afro or African side or allowing right. myself or trying to show myself on my music, that way would help me stay original. Mm-hmm. Help me stay to tr- stay true to myself, and also help me carve a lane of myself of my own. Right, you know. Yeah, I, and, I, and I definitely feel that. I don't. I don't think there's a lot of people out here really trying to do that. They either just mm-hmm. go full Afrobeat or full R and B. There isn't too much of a of a mix like that. So I definitely feel what you're saying, and, I, and that's what I wanted to kind of like draw out um, right. just from from the conversation, so people can actually kind of recognize, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you.
Girl, you drive me crazy to the early man, to the early man. You a bad one. Make me go crazy, you a bad one. Need you in my bed all night long. Girl, you drive me crazy to the early man, to the early man. Shut it. Oh, my baby, give me love and make I enter. Now, one of the things that, like, you know, I think also comes into play, and we touched on it a little bit, right? It's like the people, right? Right. Like, you know, the people that you have around you, the family, yeah. friends, and like, where you talk about from a, you know, helping kind of get you gingered up to, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, get into the music, which I, I, you know, I think is really, really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the family support as well. But, um, like, overall, what, what were your, what about your friends and everybody else that you might have been working with at Correct Nation or back in Ottawa? How are they responding to the transition? Oh, oh they, they've been supportive. You know, the amazing thing, I try to surround myself with like positive people and people who are getting it and people who have a great mind. All the people that I worked with coming up to this point or I've ever done anything, if you look around right now, you see that they're all doing uh, great things of their own. You know, shout out to Thomason. He was on the team. He runs Three Kings, brought Bonaboy the other day. Mm. You know, you look at a lot of people, uh, uh, UAX, uh, he's a dope-ass videographer right now. There's so many people, even Afolabi himself. You know, he used to do all my artworks, all my graphics, all that stuff. He designed right. the logo Civil for Correct Nation. Civil Energy, right. now he runs Sevilla Nature and it's huge. Like, you know, selling merch all over the world. Like, so, you know, it's almost like, I feel like I recognize this in these people from time and I surrounded myself around those people, with those people. Like, and I like to just always maintain that. And even to this day, these people have kept being supportive. They've been cheering me on. And even just to see their own group inspires me to keep going and vice versa and stuff because it's like damn we knew we we're gonna do this let's do it <laughs> like and we're true. doing it like it's happening oh my god like when Toby said for example was doing brother boy he, he came over and we he came to, he came to my condo back there like we sat down like at one moment it really hit me i'm like bro this guy i should bring you this guy here <laughs> like this is right like Toronto <laughs> star is talking about him <laughs> you know what i'm saying place. yeah it's crazy you know what i'm saying so i really be happy for people and like just like you know like i i like to celebrate like my wins even the smaller bits and just like i take appreciation for any little thing people do and just to see that was good and you know having a team is really important because out of a team like you're not going to be able to grow or execute some certain things and like yeah like other than the friends family they've been supported I, like i just have my team my engineers you know my label distributors my publishers like you know and yeah it's important to have all those guys because the wrong energy <laughs> the wrong energy yeah. <laughs> soak some things up man. like um but i'm curious though like what 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 does the right team look like i mean you know i mean obviously you just talk about the personalities and they have to be positive and you know, just of a certain element. Right. I think just from everything you described, you know, I think I definitely get that picture. And right. I know some of these people, so so I definitely get you. But um, what about, what does that team, you talk about your publisher, right? Yeah. And, you know, because for, I, I feel like somebody who's maybe seen you put in the work and kind of has known and followed your journey as well and might be looking to do something in the same, you know, right. in, the same, in the same lane or something close to it. Like, mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm asking. What, what should that team look like? Dope. So obviously, like for me, like as an artist, you want to make sure like, you know, you want to have a right team. First of all, like your sound, your music, that's your product. So, you know, I take very serious pride in that. I have my engineers. First of all, you want to make sure you have your producers or beat makers, you know, people that supply you beats. If you don't make your own beats, I don't make beats. 
you know, I'm more of a composer, arranger type of producer, you know what I mean? Like a creative producer, E&R type of producer. And that's what helps me my part. So, you know, you get your beat makers, you have your producers, make sure you have an engineer. Your engineer is key, <laughs> like the most important, <laughs> like, you know, because that helps like carve your sound. Person that's told me this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's why Drake sounds consistent everywhere. That's why Whiskey sounds consistent everywhere. That's why mm-hmm. Future sounds consistent everywhere. That's why I went to school to go learn it because I didn't just want to be hopping from studio to studio, letting anybody touch my tracks. And I don't understand what the hell is going on. Right. Like when I mix my records, I literally say to my engineer, hey, I send them a demo reference track. Mm. Pre-mixed. I mixed that myself. So he has an idea of what he's trying to create in his mix. But I trust him to do it because I know he's a way better engineer than I am. And he's going to handle that technical part to get that sound to where I want it to. Mm. So you have that. And then you have your graphic designers who are going to make sure your art is popping. You want to have your photographers people that help you create content because now we live in a content age now where you got to keep creating content and yeah. you want to make sure like you know you have your distribution going in today's era with streaming distribution is key like you know there's the cd babies there's the tune cord there's all of that stuff i myself i i was fortunate enough to get signed by rain shout out to rain and they're my distributors through sony and stuff and they help distribute the records what does what does that mean like Obviously, uh, they put my records on all streaming platforms, but they also make sure they source or push that music around Canada and the rest of the world. And also make sure I get my royalties for every single time that record is played. And people don't get to take your records without getting licensed. So you want to make sure, this is all the kind of things I went to school to learn. How do I make sure that every time my record is played, I'm monetizing that? If you're going to say you're passionate about something and your goal is to make a living out of it, you want to kind of research all of that stuff and try to make sure you get it going. You know, so you have your company set up, register your business, all that stuff, have your distribution going. You can actually just simply go on CD Baby and set that up. You know, these days, TuneCore. And now you can even pitch to Spotify to get your songs on playlists and stuff. You know, so you want to have your distributors, you want to have your manager. If you can get a manager or wait till a manager finds you, which is probably better, you know, have, you know, a team, like I already mentioned graphics, I already mentioned production side of everything. Now that's the business side. Engineer. Engineer, you got graphics, you got a distributor, you know, you have your videographer to make your videos, you know, you have your photographer to take pictures so you can get more content. You can get a stylist if you don't know how to style yourself. And set aside money for promotion and find radio plugs, you know, promoters, depending on the kind of music you make, you know, and learn how to run ads on Instagram so that you can push your music when it comes out and create content. And I'm trying to think of what else I could be missing. It's a whole lot of work that goes into actually. Yeah, man, but you've painted a pretty good picture. You painted a pretty solid picture. I think if anyone is sitting out there, you know, they definitely have at least a better idea of where to go looking, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's absolutely, absolutely necessary. So, I mean, like, I think it was really cool that you made that strategy though, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to school and pick the two most important things mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to the mm-hmm. music. Honestly, I love that. That's amazing. You. you know what I mean? You literally put mixing and, and, and engineering or mixing <laughs> and mastering and then basically the entertainment music. The so like business. now you don't get screwed over your royalties. Exactly. And you know how to like structure and enhance your own sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important. Amazing. It's yeah, important. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And I'm glad that resonates in the music and stuff. Because mm-hmm. you know, I absolutely does. That. And like, it's a good feeling as an artist to see that you know the time you take into doing your art is being felt by people. And 
all that stuff and they see mm-hmm. that even doing my artworks now doing graphics i take pictures on the side sometimes like just do everything eh? yo like <laughs> I, I act i model i did lose That's video crazy. last year i was i know i saw uh, uh, what's her name lakalu yeah lukala lukala yeah yeah i saw that i was just like oh look at look at yeah, Lotivina. Oh yeah, fuck boy in the video. <laughs> yeah, she she wanted a video bait. <laughs> reached out. Her team reached out. Like, yeah, I, I feel like you'd be the perfect person to play lose love interest. I'm like, yeah, I also knew a cousin, so it was good. I didn't met her until the set though, so it was oh, cool. She was wow. good people. Shout out to Lou and they cast nice. me for that. Yeah, yeah you, I think you, you definitely had a good vibe on there, and um, it's a mm-hmm. great track too. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Thank you, man. Just be out here creating, trying my best, Yo. you know. Straight up, man. Being around okay. the music art. <laughs> exactly. One way or the other. Right. Okay, baby. Let me know if you gon' be with me. I can be yours again forever this way. Girl, I'm loving the way. You know, we're coming to the end here, and I wanted to kind of just get into, you know, get you to art. I already think we have an idea, but um you know i want you to articulate what you're what you're going for right um like there's no doubt that you love music and and, and what you're doing right now but i'm curious what your why is like you know what drives you to show up every day Hmm. honestly happiness Hmm. happiness like where would you um, say you're happiest sorry where would you say you're happiest doing what i love like doing what i love like you know that's just me eh? like i've never regretted not stopping computer science to do music because i've been happy every day i make a new song i just get to be around the music whether i'm working on my stuff or recording someone else's song or on set modeling or shooting a video or taking pictures or you know, it's like I'm doing what I actually love. I'm a very passionate individual, so it's just nice. It's a great feeling. Like, I go to bed happy doing that. Like, I'm actually, like, happy. And that's the thing about me. I try to stay true to myself. You know, I've tried doing things that, you know, it's like working a day job. Like, right. you know, there's only so you work that, collect your money after, I was like, whatever. You don't like this stuff. Like, you know, I encourage people to also take their time to find out what you like and find ways to explore that. Yeah. Because that happiness turns into joy that turns into like a certain type of peace mm-hmm. that you gain from like that you get from that. Like it makes you very confident in yourself. Like I'm sure everybody likes to feel like good about themselves and not in a bragging way or whatever, but it's like I can do this. Right. It's like, you know, and that's my why. Like to be able to just be happy with myself achieve like everything that i set out to do like music wise entertainment wise like so many the journey is still like this is still a long way to go in my journey you know i'm an artist and i have goals of or dreams of being an executive at one point i want to sign artists i want to grow my own label you know i I, and and go on tour i work on a lot of other people's records too behind the scenes actually I record other people. I, like I said, I've been recording engineering myself, so I'll be recording other people's stuff as well. And I'm very, like, very active on a, a lot of people's records behind the scenes. Interesting. You know, and especially in the Toronto scene and stuff. 
And How do you balance that out? You know, to be honest, it's it's it gets really busy, but I never really take it in because time flies when you're having fun, and it's nice. It's not every day you want to listen to your own music, so. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I'm, if I'm not making music, I'm listening to music, and it's just fun. Most of the time, I'm working with people I actually care about the music, love the music, passionate about the music, and also to just another while would just be to put Africa on the map. Here, starting first in Toronto, and you know I feel like what I'm doing primarily with my music is pioneering that Afro beat sound in Canada and stuff. Like one thing that's helped me a lot is when I noticed the Canadian market started paying attention to my music. Playlist Spotify took a love for my music and started playlisting my music. Even till this day, I realized that yo, there's they're definitely liking this. It's on the radio on that 3.5, this and that. And you're looking at it like, okay, it's working. So people are liking it. I'd love to keep doing this. And just also a general need. Like I'm a, I consider myself very to be a very ambitious person. And anything I set my mind to the goal is how do I always how do I do this on the highest level? When I want to play basketball, I want to be in the NBA. You know, and that's what brought me here. When I wanted to do Correct Nation, I had to go turn into a company, and that's what led to where I am. And now I'm being an artist. And yeah, so, you know, growing more, growing more into other levels as executive, as other artists, doing more shows, performing, being able to get on stage and connect with the audience, just to be honestly, genuinely happy and succeed and feed my family and take care of all my loved ones and just spread good music, good vibes to the rest of the world, the rest of the people in the world. And that's what I love about my music right now. It's, it's upbeat, it's happy. You can listen to it and just turn up and have a good day, <laughs> have a good vibe, you know? I feel like I'm contributing to the world in that way, especially right. with this pandemic and everything going on. You need something good to listen to that's upbeat, make you happy, so. Exactly. You know, and we name. outside. And we outside, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, catch me outside. You know? <laughs> Jamming to desire, man. Um, so I, I gotta ask you before before I let you go, man. Um, and thank you, man. You've been you've been a joy, and you've just been able to share so much. And I thank appreciate, you. appreciate that. Whenever, that. Whenever a guest is able to do that, so genuinely appreciate you. Um, I'm curious, like, what can I expect from that next project? You know, amazing. Like, I've been enjoying what I've been hearing. Like, thank you. Like, like, what's you know, are are you going for a theme? Is it just a collection of tracks? Like. You know, you know, without giving away too much, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, this, how would you how would you describe what you're going for on that new project? Oh, sure. Like, uh, there's definitely like a sense of uh, a theme for the for the project for sure. Like, you know, I feel like this project is gonna be like that staple or that that thing that kind of like puts that mark and just like uh, solidifies my sound or kind of makes people very familiar. Okay, this is my sound. Right. And I feel like a lot of my music is like, for lack of better words, love and sex, like themed and stuff. So, which kind of complements the R&B side, which makes sense. So I feel like this body of work is just going to be a testament to that. And also my growth and all like how I've evolved in music and just, uh, yeah, how I've evolved my growth. And also a taste of what's to also come like in the future because I'll be recording a lot of songs right now, but that's the problem. There's too many songs. I don't know which one to do. Like, everybody, <laughs> come on, just take it from my hard drive. <laughs> like I'm not even yeah. kidding. I have like four hours worth of songs. Like it's not even funny. Wow. <laughs> like, don't be like, don't be like Kanye Way be uploading the tracks on the day of the drop. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Like no, but that's good, man. The more the better. But they're definitely going to get, like, a good vibe. You know, I feel like people are going to understand my sound now and have a feel of my sound. This is going to be a testament of that, the evolution, how I've grown, and who I am as a person. More, more get an idea of, I guess, 
or should I say it's probably going to help people come into my world more mm-hmm. now I have an idea of, you know who this guy is and like what really he'd be saying like and all that kind of stuff and how it's right. how it's grown and what he's really trying to do with his music mm-hmm. here in Canada and Nigeria and the rest of the world you know so I feel like they're going like that yeah man I, I can't wait um I this has been a just a fun experience and really enlightening for me too um, I think you've pretty much set a freaking path on anybody who's, you know, serious about getting into the music and mm-hmm. wants to, what would I say, build a, a, a structure around them right. to ensure that they get to where they need to go. You've definitely shown that with every single step you've done and like moving with your priorities. So I just want to congratulate you, man, on, you know, everything you've been doing so far. I can't wait to see what comes next. And, uh, Wow, you know. thank you, man. Appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on this podcast. I really, it's been a vibe. Thank you, I'm man. Um, I, I appreciate you coming on and uh, I can't wait to have you back, man. Definitely, definitely. Anytime. It's a pleasure. Like, shout out to everyone listening right now. Have a blessed time. Stay lit. <laughs> we outside. We outside, man. And go stream Desire right facts, now. Facts, facts, facts. the episode you know what i think i'll stop saying this because i'm sure you get the point by now anyway big thanks to loti and his team for working with me on this especially because we had a shorter turnaround time than usual okay for my take two big things for me about loti's approach have been the strategy and the team so first on the strategy i think it was really smart to make the transition in the way that he did in one swoop he was able to mitigate the concerns of his parents eventually anyway He was able to ensure that he could work and provide value for himself and others in the music industry through his program. And finally, he was able to insert himself in a place that allowed him to engage with music at a deeper level, which I think was his main need. Most people would need to find their own path, but the security that comes with his approach is not lost on me. The team to me encompasses much more than an agent or label distributor or videographer ETC. It's a group of people that champion your work. They make a real effort to bring you into the right rooms, put your work in the right light, and they encourage you through difficult life-altering decisions you might be making on a daily basis. It's important to remember that their value cannot be understated. And if they're not able to be happy or celebrate you, maybe it's worth reflecting on. Because when you bet on yourself, you need all the positive energy you can get. Another thing, guys, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. You can share your feedback by writing to two takes and a pod at gmail.com. And if that doesn't work for you, no problem. You can follow me on social media at two takes and a pod on Twitter and Instagram and send me a DM there. I'm looking forward to hear your take. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can find this wherever you find podcasts. And while you're there, show some love and give this five stars. This has been two takes and a pod. Thank you for listening. Peace. Falling, give it to me. I'm wanting all of your love. I'm wanting more, more. Girl, your body is calling. Give it to me. I'm wanting all of your love. I'm wanting more.